Welcome to Booking the Territory Season 2, where we look at the beginnings and ends, the first and last, the alphas and omegas of professional wrestling. I'm one half of your hosting duo, Dan Griffin, joined as ever by my partner in podcasting, Piss Eddery, UTT, Rob. Rob, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Towner definitely in the playoffs. We've got a really easy last game again of the season against Bristol City, so, you know, things are really looking up. We, we could get automatic if we get another six points and uh, Bournemouth uh, fuck up. <laughs> well, you never know. But I think, from what I recall, Bournemouth have been a bit shaky recently, so... Like you say, you've got that easy Bristol City game and uh, easy three points, so wish you all the best. Isn't Liverpool are still on for all four trophies at time of recording. We're never going to get them, but you know, it's it's nice to dream. But uh, speaking of Bristol City, we'll just get straight into it. Uh, the guest we've got today might have a little something to say about it being an easy game. Andy from Bang Bang Podcast is back. Andy, how are you, bud? Good evening, chaps. Yes, yes, I, I'm, I'm quite well. Well, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, I just we might already be up, might you know? We've got we've got nothing to play for, so good luck to you guys in that last game. Well, I mean, it might be a chance for a lot of our old ex Huddersfield uh, players to say a final farewell to uh, to Huddersfield. But yeah, and I hope. I mean, I don't like. I feel like I've gone on record before. I don't like Liverpool, so I hope they win any. Well, you've already won one trophy, haven't you? So, yeah. but hopefully you don't win any of the other three. <laughs> yeah, but if it came down, if it came down to a Man City Liverpool final, would you as Champions League fan, would you really want City winning it? Yeah, who've just who've just bought the way <laughs> to success? I don't. I mean, again, I grew up in the eighties when Liverpool used to win everything every year, so I don't like Liverpool. So. Yeah, but come on, it's been thirty. It's been nearly. Dan, I'm not going to change my mind. Dan, I'm not going to change my mind. When Town are out of a competition, I do not pay attention to it. So, what what have Liverpool won this season? Was it the Anglo-Italian Cup or something? <laughs> <laughs> it was the uh, it was the Thanks Mickey Mouse. It was the Mickey. It was the Mickey Mouse Cup, um, the the League Cup. Oh, well, I assumed it was because that's the only one that's been played so far. <laughs> Fuck off with your logic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've got uh, we've got Andy back um, because we're dipping our toe into uh, into TNA this week, but not in the way you'd expect. Because let's be fair, we don't do anything fucking normally on this show, do we? Um, we're looking at ring kicking. From uh, from back from way back in 2012, 10 years ago, so uh, contemporary for us, really. But we've got to get to the beer business first. Uh, I've already seen a can flying around Andy's screen. Uh, I take it you're drinking. Mm, yeah. So when we agreed to do this, I was gonna, I was very much thinking, oh, I'll get some um, Indian style uh, lagers and stuff. But then actually, I've just got a can of Heineken, basically. <laughs> is, I mean, they sell it in India. If that counts, but yeah. So, and that first one's gone down within the first two minutes of recording, so that doesn't uh, doesn't bode well. 
A Heineken oh. reaches the segways other beers cannot reach. Yeah. <laughs> and you just did the best sound in the world there, another can been opened. Yep, definitely. Great stuff. Uh, Rob, what are you on, mate? Yeah, I'm currently drinking Illuminance by uh, Salopian Brewery, which is a 5.4% IPA, which is it's quite nice, actually. And then because the Tartarus Fairies came recently, I've got Pashana, which is an export Indian porter, so very on brand for this show, which is uh, 6.8%. If you go to tartarusbeers.co.uk and put in the promo code UTTPODCAST15, 15% off. And then after that, I've got Bogvid from Brahas Brewery, which uh, again is uh, another porter. It describes itself as a Scottish wildcat robust porter. And oh. that's 5.5%. Fair enough. Sounds good to me. I was going to say I'm on the Euro piss. I'm on the, uh, I'm on the Anglo-Asia piss because I'm on Cobra. Thought I had, nice. to get, uh, had to get an Indian beer in and I'm, uh, I'm driving fairly early in the morning, so I don't want to go too overboard tonight. <laughs> I, I love how you said before the recording, I've got to go and get my special beers and you've come back with Cobra. <laughs> it's special. It's themed. It's on brand. The Tartarus Fairies will be visiting me shortly because uh, I've, uh, I'll, I'm pl- I've just about gone through uh, the last of my, my last order, so I'll be, uh, I'll be restocking soon enough. But uh, funnily enough, uh, because I, once again, I forgot to do a proper beer recommendation, uh, I'm just going to go straight to my recommendation and recommend Cobra while you're drinking, because I'm drinking it now. And the, the other option is for what I drank when I actually watched it would have been the same as what Andy's drinking now. Because I just had a few, I just needed a few Heineken's yesterday. <laughs> Superb. Nothing too mad. Uh, what would you recommend, Andy, that people drink while watching the show? Well, if you've recommended Cobra, I have to recommend Kingfish, yeah, because that's the <laughs> Indian lager I can think of. Um, I've actually had, we may talk, um, I said, as I said to you guys, I, I've been to India, so as we go through this episode, you'll get my some exciting tales of my travels through India. But uh, I had Kingfisher over there, and it's a lot stronger over there, and it, it does kind of go to your head in uh, extreme heat. But yeah, definitely Kingfisher. Sounds good. My uh, my main experience with Kingfisher that sticks out to me is being blind drunk one night in uh, as a student walking home. Uh, there were no shops open. It was about half past midnight, something like that. And I noticed this Indian restaurant was open, so I just wandered in and asked if they'd sell me some beer to take home. They sold me four bottles of Kingfisher. I think I ended up paying about twenty pound for it in twenty ten because I was shit faced and a fucking idiot. Did you have to sit down to a table and drink them, or did you? Uh... No, they gave me. No, they gave me. No, they gave me a bag. Um, yeah. Got home that night. Woke up next day. Looked around. and thought, Why have I got four bottles of kingfisher in my room? <laughs> Couldn't remember doing it until about two o'clock that afternoon. So, yeah, just another example of my life being an absolute pisshead joke. <laughs> what would you recommend, Rob? I was going to say, talking about your Indian restaurants, I was in Manchester the other week and I was doing a bit of a pub crawl and Beth was on the course, so I'd, I'd gone over and took the advantage to go around some pubs while she was on the course. And you done tapped some Bundabust, so I thought it was a bar, and you, you like go downstairs into it through this thing, so you can't just go through the door, you're down the stairs and back to the thing, and uh, I, I get through the doors, because I thought it was a pub from your untapped, and it was a, a bloody Indian restaurant, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> you're on a table, and like, I thought this was a pub. 
I'm going to go to Narva Monk Refectory. Bye. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't know why it came, up, it came up as a venue, to be fair, but they did have, from what little I can remember, they did have some uh, some half-decent beers on. But yeah, the, it's an uh, official tapped venue, isn't it? Which uh, yeah. is really rare. You know, it always goes, oh, a venue near you, and then it's in Hebden Bridge or something, you know, so it's, it's nowhere near, but... So you've gone for a beer from a brewery in Hyderabad, so I'm going to go for a beer from a brewery in Tadcaster. And I'm... <laughs> Sorry, that's <laughs> And I'm going to go for Sam Smith's Indian Ale. It's 5% IPA. Uh, it's one that I've given 3.75 to an untapped and Beth's given three. Fair enough. Not one I've ever had. I think I've had quite a few of the, uh, the Sam Smith's range, but I'll keep an eye out. And, Do you know uh, what you Dan? Go on. Oh, oh god, the flashbacks. <laughs> what a shithole. Um <laughs> sorry, it set, it sets it sets me off. I hate that place. Does Beth have a beer to recommend us this week, Rob? And Beth's beer of the week is everything but the bulbs by Double Barrel Brewing Company. So there you go, that was Beth's beer of the week. It was Everything But The Bulbs, it's a 10% Imperial Stout. It's a collab between the three popular Reading breweries of Double Barreled, Siren and Elusive. Um, so we were very impressed that uh, we found that. And again, found that on Manchester on the pub crawl. Beth gave it 2.25 out of 5 and I've given it 3.75 out of 5. Sounds definitely like one I'd like, to be honest. I'll have to keep an eye out. So all the beer talk out of the way, we'll, uh, we'll get into... Uh, a bit of the background of Rinker King. I've only got a limited amount on it, so Rob, I might have to ask you to uh, to jump in and fill in the blanks uh, at some point. But it wasn't actually a vast amount, vast amount I could see. So it was Rinker King, uh, translated into English, is King of the Ring. Uh, it was an Indian professional wrestling brand, uh, sort of arm of TNA, uh, which obviously now Impact. Filming the promotion began in December 2011 with the uh, the backing of Endemol and debuted on India's The Colours Network on January 28, 2012. Uh, first season was 26 episodes, so it ran until April 22nd. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was in charge of the promotion. What a shame. Uh, <laughs> working alongside Dave Lagana, Sanjay Dutt, and Jeremy Barash. And uh, on with, with the, uh, on the training side of things... I was just going to say, with, with, with Dave Lagana, though, we came very close to hitting Dave Lagana in terms of a, a head writer for... Monday Night Raw uh, or whatever. He was uh, Director of Creative Development and Writing for WWE 2002 to 2006. And then he was in Ring of Honor. And then he was creative in TNA 11 till 16. And then he's in NWA at the moment. But unfortunately, he was also called out in the Speaking Out movement. So, mm, yeah, it's one of the. I really like the product NWA put out, but some of the personnel, let's say, and you know, both on screen and behind the scenes, make it make it quite difficult to uh, to enjoy and not to even recommend. Yeah, I can remember listening to he he was one of the first people involved in wrestling to bring out a podcast, wasn't he, Dave Lagana? And didn't he didn't he write on Friends as well? At some point, I think he wrote a couple of episodes of Friends, Dave Lagana. Did he write the Frank Abbott episode? He might have done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Read my mind. <laughs> yeah. But I can remember listening to his podcast. I can't remember what it was called now. But it was um it was quite an entertaining podcast. But yeah, like most people in wrestling, it turns out that he's probably a horrible bastard. So yeah. Yeah. Wrestling is something of a twat magnet. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I've not heard the Dave, Dave Lagana podcast. Um, you know, had he been still alive, I, I would have loved Chris Kresge to have a podcast. I think that would have been really interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it would. But it is a great shame um, because we could have asked we could have asked him what the fuck um, about a lot of the decisions that were made on his watch. <laughs> yeah, he, he made bad decisions, but they were quite good compared to today's decisions. Very true. Very true. Um, so the last couple of things I was going to say about uh, sort of the background of Rinker King is that on the training side of things, uh, the Indian talent trained at Ohio Valley Wrestling under Savio Vega and Nick Dinsmore. And just the fact that this was taped on the 18th of December 2011 uh, at the Balawadi Sports Complex in Pune and aired on the 28th of January 2012. Over to you, Rob, if you've got anything that will uh, sort of flesh that out a little bit. Well, I mean, the only thing to add to this, uh, it went out on the Colors Network in India, uh, which is part owned by Paramount. So that's quite interesting for a um, a major network that we haven't really had um, that much involved. Oh, I don't think we've covered any of the UPN shows for uh, SmackDown um, so far, but maybe our first experience into that world. It got a rating in India of 2.2. So 2.2% of the audience uh, at that given time was translated to 14 million viewers, which made this episode at the time the most the most watched wrestling show in the world. And <laughs> it continued around that kind of level for the series and was cancelled due to poor ratings. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? When, when you take just 14 million and you class that as a poor rating, but then you remember how many people there are in India. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but it was 2.2% of the audience, and it's been a long time since, you know, Raw, Raw, SmackDown, AEW, that kind of thing, uh, has come anywhere close to 2.2% of the audience. Yeah, it's, it was it was always one that um, I, was, I was surprised never never stuck around longer than it did, because I think Rinka King did, uh, did two seasons. No, I just did the one. Yeah, just, this oh, just one. did the one. Yeah. What yeah. the hell? Yeah. And I've got a lot. It was like 26 with 26 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got to be honest, I was I was in from this straight away. We'll just get straight into the show. The, yeah, first, yeah. Note, the first note I've got to watch this opening act, and I've just I've written down, shove Pitbull and Flowrider up your ass. I want <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want Mika Singh opening wrestling shows. Yeah. Well, I, I did until I looked him up and found out he's also an horrible bastard. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. no. He, um, he was imprisoned in the uh, in the UA. <laughs> From uh, after, um, let's just say, well, he, he was grew up in people and, and sexual assault and whatnot. And he was only released after uh, interference from the Indian embassy. Yeah. Uh, and just to put him in context for the, the level of celebrity for you, Andy, he's had 23.5 million listens on Spotify. And Barbara Dixon has only had 14.7. Oh, wow. But as far as I know, Barbara Dixon's never groped anybody. You know, we're going to wait till the outcome of the investigation as the Conservative Party. (laughs) 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 But I love this. I mean, again, it's a typical kind of, you know, they they sort of amped up the Bollywood kind of side of things, aren't they? And had the big flashy intro and... Uh, yeah. They had the dancing girls, the pyro. You know, they were sponsored by Prima Tata. You know, they, they had a, a mainstream big company sponsoring them. The music, the lights, everything. This was big money production. It was. I really like this intro. It, it, 
like obviously I couldn't understand a word that was being sung, but just it it, it got me going. I quite enjoyed. It. I thought, fucking hell, there it, it's, there's a fair bit of money being put behind this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, were one of Man United's sort of overseas partners, I think, recently. So they're um yeah. Uh, that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they also Man United will hold themselves out to anybody. At one point, John Deere was the official tractor of Man United. Yeah, and they. Turkish Airlines as well was one of their <laughs> yeah yeah but um, speaking of like the uh, you know having the, you know, me sitting there who's a you know who's a big star and then uh, the introduces uh, Kubra Said who's uh, an actress and presenting she was not long after this was uh, awarded India's best female MC so she's obviously been around and been in, you know been on TV over there and the crowd was just hot for everything from what little I could obviously make out, they were, they were announcing the championship tournament and the tag title tournament, and their crowd were fucking loving it. Again, it's difficult because you know this is in Punjabi and don't speak Punjabi, but Kubra Said came across really confident. She, she looked like a star. She really did. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like you know a Maya Jama or whatever level um, sort of celebrity. So yeah, it was great to have someone like that in charge of the show. Yeah, it was quite un un TNA like actually this time. Again, it was highly polished, <laughs> well produced. <laughs> Although it always it kept doing that sort of spinning camera shot that they loved in Impact. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. On the on the crane coming up. Yeah, that must have yeah, been a Borash yeah. thing, I think. Yeah. Do you remember at football when they used to have someone with like one of those cranes behind each goal? Yeah. There was like a, you know, they got rid of it now. But yeah, at one point they were trying to get the TNA shots in all football matches in championship. You never beat the uh, WCW um, ref cam thing. Ref cam, yeah. <laughs> that worked today with the GoPros. Although, you know, the, the amount he'd be jerking around with the Aubrey refereeing matches. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing the plane coming towards the ring. It comes into land. They introduced the commentators, uh, Siddhartha Kanan and, and Joe Bart. And then at this point, I, my notes just go, holy shit, Harbour Jansen. <laughs> yeah, I forgot he, he was uh, like heavily involved with it. I, I, ridic- I was ridiculously happy to see Harbour Jan. Yeah. Well, so I can remember watching this when, when it came out, because I think it broadcast in, U- in the UK on colours, but you had to get like the foreign language pack for that. So, you, you know, I remember watching it around the time on um, on the internet when it came out. And, and just... My jaw dropped when Harbhajan Singh came out. It's it's like it's difficult to quantify how famous he is, especially in that country, compared to the level of celebrities we get. I mean, you're probably going to Ali or Tyson or something for the level of American celebrity that they've had on the show to compare. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know how they how they managed to. I mean, again, he was he was a big wrestling fan, Harbhajan Singh, so. Like, I don't know how TNA, again, for the normal level of celebrities, TNA would get to their shows in the US. It's quite a difference to the level of celebrity they got to, uh, got to the Indian one. Well, the budget was a lot higher back then for uh, for, impact, for TNA Impact. So I think the, uh, the they must have invested considerable. I was going to say, WWE got snooky from the Georgie the, the, uh, Shaw, the Jersey Shaw. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the Englishness coming through. They should have got Scotty T from Jersey Shaw, but they, they ended up getting like a third-rate person from Jersey Shaw on um, TNA, didn't they? Because that was like the level of celebrity they could attract. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And who was the lady from Survivor that got on there? Who had the, the classic match against uh, Charmel? Uh, oh God, we don't Jenna, talk about that. Jenna Maraska, was it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I Eric Young was chasing around um, Scott Bio. Um, yeah. <laughs> when he was TV champion, and he attacked D'Lo Brown in the supermarket because he thought it was C'Lo Green. <laughs> but it always TNA would always try and get. So yeah, who was the uh, when the A team? Was it was the Rampage Jackson? He was. Uh, uh, yeah. was, it it was Rampage Jackson. Rampage Jackson. That's it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This, but they had, they were trying to do Rampage Jackson versus Tito Ortiz as well, weren't they? They used to roll up TORTs quite a lot. Yeah. He was he was a big surprise August man when he TORTs. They're pushing this big August one surprise person, uh, surprise person, and it was TORTs, and he came out to silence. <laughs> like, uh, who's that then? That's, he, <laughs> that's... Came, he came out to fuck off. Yeah, 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 yeah. A he bit was like to Jenna Jameson, wasn't he? TORTs. Was it? Yeah, because he was, I'm sure he was on The American Apprentice. Okay. But yeah, and then they, they brought out, you know, Jenna Jameson as his wife sort of thing. I didn't mind Donald Trump as the host of The Apprentice, you know, in the Lord Sugar role. Well, wasn't quite as on board with him being a president, but, um, you know, in terms of... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was good. They didn't win that, because obviously it started, did it start in America or start over here, The Apprentice? No, I think it started over here. Okay. Yeah. But it used to be on like BBC Two, didn't it? Late at night, the the, the Trump version. Yeah, it did. Yeah. We get shown over here. Yeah. 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 No, I quite enjoyed it. There was one episode with Gene Simmons from Kiss, and the task was they had to do a marketing campaign for Kodak, and Kodak had already given them uh, the tagline that they had to use in this marketing campaign, and Gene Simmons was like, "I, I don't like that," and he made up his own. And then he got fired because he hadn't like done the brief at all. He'd done something completely different. <laughs> and Gene Simmons was like, "Why are you firing me? I know lots of rich people. I can raise lots of money for charity." <laughs> and it's like, you didn't do that. <laughs> You're missing the point here, Gene. <laughs> oh well, I'm just good because I thought we were going to talk some cricket for a second, but never mind. Oh yeah, that's what I thought I was coming on to was to talk <laughs> yeah. uh, so quick. I've actually met Harbhajan Singh. Um, of course I have. Yeah, not in India, no, in Bristol, but. Um, <laughs> I can't remember he was a famous DMC. <laughs> yeah. Bristol even get test matches. Maybe get one day internationals, mate. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was playing for, it was a T20 match. He was playing for somebody against Gloucester. But he was sort of hanging around on, uh, daft as it sounds. He was, so where uh, Gloucester play is just off one of the main strips of bars in Bristol on Gloucester Road. And he was, uh, he played, I can't even remember, for Surrey, I think. And then literally he was walking down Gloucester Road about an hour after the game finished on his own. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he didn't, I mean, he wasn't like, he wasn't dressed like he was in this episode, but you could tell it was, uh, it was Harbour Singh. But my, I had been drinking quite heavily, so it might not have actually been Harbour Jan Singh. It might have been somebody claiming to be Harbour Jan Singh, but... In my head, I met Harbhajan Singh because it was after a T20 game, so I probably had a few drinks as well. It's well known that T20 is the uh, is the type of cricket to indulge in a few pints. Yeah, but I met someone claiming to be Harbhajan Singh that, that evening after the game. So was it? Nice, 
Nice. I met a homeless guy in Central Park in New York who claims to be Prince Charles. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> could be the same thing. But he, I mean, he was a, a probably underrated spinner. Harbajan saying, if we're going to yeah, get into, player. I mean, can you call somebody with four hundred and seventeen Test wickets underrated? Well, yeah, I know, but I think when when it, when you kind of look back in history, he probably won't be held up in the same esteem as like. Kumble or Ashwin or um, a lot of the other sort of major wicket-taking Indian spinners, but he yeah. was he was good and he was decent. He was good one day batsman as well. He could smack the ball around. Well, it was um, it was Kumble's injury that in the early two thousands that sort of paved the way back in for Power Jam, wasn't it? Yeah, what was he called? He was called the uh, the Turbinator. Yeah, they called him that on the, on this. I picked that up a yeah, couple of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it was it was a good crossover, but. Imagine you say about smashing smashing runs in the ODI. His average in ODIs was worse than his average in tests. It was only 13. Oh, was it? <laughs> he, okay. And he played 236 matches, never got a 50. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he, he used to bat fairly high up in sort of IPL in the season made. They stick him in up top, see if he could belt it around a bit. Gets a, gets a quick 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets out, but... <laughs> yeah. Primarily a bowler, though, you know, so... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But he could. I think he what's his highest. Like, <laughs> what's his highest Test match score? Highest Test match score. All the he, people at home are shouting this out, obviously. But yeah, naturally, uh, <laughs> yeah. His, top, his top scoring Test was 115. Yeah, I mean that's not bad, is it? That's fine. Well, but then again, Jimmy Anderson made 81 before. Yeah, what's your top scoring Test? Me. Yeah. Uh, 200, 204 <laughs> not out. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on on international cricket captain. Oh, I've got that 20, as well. 2008. <laughs> <laughs> I love that game. It hasn't changed, has it? Ever? Never does. I Never changes. Like, I think it's got like the 2017 version. It was it was the same thing, just a bit shinier and a yeah. bit nicer to look at. <laughs> I still pay 20 quid every year for it. It doesn't change every every year. It's exactly the same. I should do what I do with FIFA. Just wait, get the get one every two to three years because it's the same game. I've never played FIFA. Oh. Ever. Fair enough. I was strictly a uh, pro evolution man. Wow. Pro Evo was all right, but Pro Evo had the first really good, like, be a pro mode. Okay. It was around about 2008 where you could create your own player and you'd get, like, contract offers from other clubs or and stuff like that. They had that way before FIFA even thought about it. I had a, on one of the early versions, I had a, an absolute world beating Nigeria team on Pro Evolution. Quick wingers, tall defenders, very aggressive midfield players, and uh, JJ Kocha. Oh, I'm being in Pro Evo. I thought I'm beating all that team, was I tell you. Oh, I'm just remembering, remembering JJ Kocha playing for Bolton. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Just yeah. the, the players Sam Allardyce managed to get Yuri Jarkaev, Nicholas and Elka. Huddersfield yep. Town legend Sam Allardyce, Dan. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once played centre-back in a team that also featured Max Moon. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, we're back onto wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, we've done a little bit on Abidjan singing. He'll come up later on. We'll yep. get more cricket talking. There was a bit more chatter, and then I heard uh, Chavo Guerrero's name come up. No, at this point, I wasn't sure what was going on, so I thought it was going to be Chavo Guerrero in a match because they put up a little video of him saying he's been around the world but never been to India and he wants the title. 
and then uh, we get another video for somebody called Max B. Um, at this point, I didn't realise just how good the lighting on the stage was and how actually just sort of nice and distinctive the stage itself was. But Max B is a fellow called Max Basnick, who's actually a 14-time national boxing champion and MMA fighter. So again, it's I don't know how popular he is, but it's you know it's cross-sport promotion essentially. So I thought this was a match, and then I got really confused when the when they uh, they had a video package for uh, Nick Aldis, uh, aka Brutus Magnus. It was a fine promo. It was a bit copy paste about you know being an international athlete and a champion and all the rest of it. And then we get something straight out of 1995, paving the way for paving the way for Dr. Britt Baker DMD, Dr. Nicholas Dinsmore. I am here to win the Ring King Heavyweight Championship. When I get my opponents in the ring, I am going to give them the lethal injection and I will stand champion. And those are doctor's orders. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Let me tell you something, Cole. You better booker it better. That noise right there means it's time for Steve to booker it better. Fuck you. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, Cole. I've got a new title. I am now Dr. Booker T. Okay? Now, let me tell you something, Cole. I'm in a new tournament. It's the Ring King tournament. And I'm going to win that tournament and become the new Ring King heavyweight champion of the world. Remember when I was King Booker? Because I don't. Because me, Steve-O, doing this impression, I didn't even watch wrestling back then. But hey, I'm not here to talk about Steve-O and how his wrestling career or whatever developed over the years. I'm here as Booker T to tell you that I'm going to win this ring, king, whatever it's bloody called, and I'm not going to take another take anymore. Because I had the five-time take king. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh God! Wow! <laughs> I, I never Doctor thought I'd do it. House. We did Doctor Buckler Steve Moore. When I did that show, which we just brought out this week, uh, the Extreme Rules, when Booker T was on commentary, uh, all the way through, I was thinking, all I could hear was Steve O's uh, impressions <laughs> as Booker was talking. I was like, oh, I can just hear Steve O do this. This is this is yeah. <laughs> You just need to get the transcripts and get Steve to dub the commentary over it. Well, because he was, I think he was commentating on either Raw or SmackDown at the time as well. So as I was going back and watching the, the sort of build up to the, it was just full on Booker T. Yeah. Too much, too much on commentary. <laughs> Shucky ducky quack quacking. Yeah. But the thing that got me about this uh, Nicholas Dinsmore stuff was that he clearly didn't know how a doctor works. Because he he said he was going to give his opponents a lethal injection and those are doctor's orders. I don't, I, that's that's kind of the opposite. He's more of an executioner at that point. Well, he was ahead of the curve in terms of COVID, wasn't he? Because he had his face mask on back in. <laughs> he, had face, he had a face mask on and the, and the sort of medical practices of Harold Shipman. I'll, I'll read you Steve-O's reply when I sent him this to do for Booker It Better. <laughs> what the fuck? Who came up with this shite? Don't answer, I'll listen to the pod. 
fucking abysmal, isn't it? <laughs> the, best, the best part is I'm part of that group chat and I rarely say anything because I, I need to see all this fresh. <laughs> I don't want to know where Steve-O's coming in. <laughs> I mean, it's just fucking magic. Yeah, when he comes out later on, he's got one of those... I used to work with a, a colleague and, believe it or not, in, in 2022, doctors don't walk around with uh, lights strapped to their foreheads. <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. But one of my colleagues... They will, they will do soon when nobody can afford electric. Yeah. One of my colleagues on the night shift, he used to have, like, you know, if you cycle, you some people cycle with, a, like, a light, don't they? Strapped yeah. around their head, yeah. He used to walk around with that on on a night shift and sort of switch it on and off. To scare the patients, I think, for that person. <laughs> it wasn't Steve. It was uh, oh, somebody else I, I worked with, yeah. I hope he was never on the psych ward. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I love this gimmick. I mean, he was, uh, if you look at a lot of the guys that are actually booked on the show, you've got people like, oh, we'll get to it in a minute, we've got Sanjay Dutt, Chavo, Nick Dinsmore. They're probably involved, heavily involved in training the Indian guys as well, so it kind of it's an odd combination of people. Actually, it kind of makes sense. You've got good hands in there, good trainers mixed in with, you know, some power guys and some muscle guys. So I did love that they did the paging Doctor Nick, paging Doctor Nick at the start of his fame because it very shades of paging Doctor Wagner in Lucha Underground. <laughs> yeah. Well, when but I, even though I'm saying that they're copying. Yeah, he um. When I, I mentioned back on one of our shows ages ago about Rinka King and mentioned, I don't know, mentioned something about Dr. Dinsmore. I might have tagged him in it and then he replied to the uh, tweet and said, Oh, who was that then? Like, uh, like sort of denying all knowledge of this uh, Dr. Dinsmore uh, character. But he seems to have only worked Dr. Dinsmore in Rinka King. Uh, I don't think he did it in LVWR on the Indies or anything. Did not, I'm sure he turned up once on TNA. It says a lot that he'd rather be known for Eugene. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, like that... I'm sure he did the gimmick like once somewhere else. And I hastily Googling his uh Are you, are you thinking of Dr. Stevie? No, I mean I am generally, yeah, but not in this case. Yeah. You're thinking of when Dr. Stevie won um, the WCW championship and uh, when he uh, <laughs> yeah. beat Brock Lesnar and <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm a big um, Nick Dinsmore fan, so yeah. Uh, and next we get Sanjay Dutt. Yeah, AEW's Sanjay oh, and Ring of Honor's Sanjay Dutt, the Slayer from the Himalayas. Yeah, the Forbidden Doors open now, isn't it? Yeah, mm. <laughs> is it? Well, yeah, he's he's one of the Ring of Honor authority figures or whatever in this whole you know Tony Khan owns Ring of Ring of Honor. Uh, uh, Has Ring of Honor started yet? No, not yet. No, no. they're just no. showing classic stuff. Um, uh, well, yeah. on, on on the show that uh, that we covered on Bang Bang a few weeks ago, which actually hasn't happened yet, but by the time this comes out, it would have been about six, six weeks years. in the past. <laughs> Me and Scottish Danny spoke about TNA Sacrifice 2007, which was when it was Kevin Nash was doing the old paparazzi productions thing, whatever it was. And it was Sanjay Dutt was going through. So, so Kevin Nash gave, uh, was giving out like gimmicks to Sanjay and Jay Lethal. And this is when Jay Lethal started, first started doing the uh, Black Machismo stuff. And they couldn't settle on a gimmick for Sanjay Dutt. 
So he just kept Kevin Nash kept giving him his old gimmicks every week. So I think one week he was, you know, coming out as Oz, and one week he was coming out as. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but he turned. I think Sanjay turned against Kevin Nash at the end of this uh, uh, during this pay per view, and sort of kicked him in the back of the the back of the quad. The <laughs> <laughs> that famous uh, fragile quad of uh, Kevin Nash, but the, the Achilles quad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in that, he oh, had he had Harris on that in that uh, that that pay per view. So, oh, I just quickly googled the card for that because it's um, it's sort of before I really got into uh, into TNA, and I can just I've just seen here the handicap match that's on that show. I can only imagine what Scottish Danny had to say about Basham <laughs> and Demarjo versus Kip James. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the most. That is the most Scottish Danny match ever. Well, I mean, I suggested that pay per view, and he, he he was the first one to reply. So yeah, I'll, I'll do that one. Obviously, because of uh, the Basham presence. But yeah, yeah. But it's a good show. He says, having not recorded it yet, but go back and listen to it anyway. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it was fucking brilliant. It looks it to be fair. Some more Joey AJ Styles, Kurt oh, Angle versus yeah. Stinger, Christian. It's a good main event. Team three D, Team 3D versus Steiner and Tonko versus LAX. Yeah. Fucking Tiger Mask was on the show. Jesus. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad. I see if I can get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 that's Family Lee from World of Sport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Rob. Yes, it was. <laughs> I'm going on uh, Impact Plus now to see if I can get it. No, I'm not. I'm being professional. Um, yeah. It was, it, it was a bit weird. That Actually, it's on present... YouTube. It's, it's on YouTube in full. So. I'll tell you. It was a bit weird that they presented Sanjay Dutt as a heel, but it kind of made perfect sense when we got um, Mahabali Vera next. And they were, I know they called him the Indian Superman, and he, he was giving off kind of rock star vibes. It, it was almost weird seeing him that over. Mm. Yeah. He's never he's never really quite landed with Western audience with like American or British audiences, I don't think. Yeah, I always felt like they had big plans for him in TNA, but obviously they've had to repackage him as Vera rather than Shearer because Alan Shearer's going to be on the show. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't get Vera Duckworth. <laughs> <laughs> but like Sanjay so doing the whole "I'm the best Indian wrestler in in history," whatever kind of thing, and which kind of leads to the. Again, putting the the face like homegrown guys trying to you know trying to get him get over him as a as a heel, but you know. yeah, it's fair. And then we get a very we get a very familiar face up next, uh, Scott Steiner, saying he's been world champion before and he will again because he's got the largest arms in the world and the shortest views. <laughs> yeah, and he even commentary. You are. I believe him. Yeah. Well, I've never actually seen it, but didn't he like just run into the crowd in tapings and people were like trying to get us like scramble away from him and shit? Like they just I let was, him be an absolute madman. I was thinking on this week's NXT 2.0, we were talking about just before we started recording, you know, Joe Gacy and Rick Steiner are in the ring, and then the Druids attack Rick Steiner, and Bron Breaker comes out and to help him. But there's loads of Druids, and I thought, he's overmatched here. And I was just waiting for that police siren to hit because I thought this is the perfect opportunity to bring Scott Steiner in. Yeah, yeah. It seems now he's kind of like back in the fold. It seems, it's, it's I mean, it's an open goal, really, isn't it? Like, you've got to bring him in at some point. Steiner, Steiner still has the odd match. 
You could you could do a six man. Have Rick just stand there and not really do much. No, what I'm thinking is, what if? Just what if Scott wanted to challenge Brom Brick? <laughs> I'm thinking WrestleMania. You have uh, the bloodline against Steiners. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dust off my days you get them out it'd be brilliant yeah and then combine the two factions so you've got the Steiners and the bloodline you call them the Steiner lines oh so it writes itself or yeah. the blood Steiners I mean has Scott Steiner got any kids I'd imagine he might have he's probably, he's probably got a fair his... few yeah over that he's just completely firing blanks because of all the yeah. all the steroids say, it's probably, probably like Boris Johnson he doesn't want to admit how many kids he's got yeah <laughs> well we've we've all seen how he acted in 2000 in WCW well I mean to be fair they, they looked Bron Breakers kind of it's almost like Rick and Scott I mean this is I don't think this is I, I, as, as a medical professional I don't think this is actually uh, <laughs> thing, but works. he's such a he's such a combination of the both of them, isn't he? Like he he talks and he kind of and he obviously looks like Rick, but his sort of mannerisms and the way he talks is very. I know because they're because he's actually related to the pair of them, but it's almost like they both jizzed in an ashtray and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, this is sorry about that. I'm not. I mean, this is not. Um, I'm not sure if this story is suitable for a podcast, but um oh, fuck it, do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So somebody I looked after, probably it's probably about five or ten years ago. It was a, a young lady, and she came in quite often with frequent pyelonephritis, which is kidney infections, which can be related to I mean, there's a few things. It can be related to be general kind of poor hygiene, that kind of thing. But she was uh, living with a with a partner who was an older girl, and they were trying to get pregnant. And they explained to me, I don't know why they chose me to explain this to, but it explained to me the actual process of how they were getting to trying to get pregnant. So they were getting a friend of theirs round to jizz into an ashtray, and I mean, I'm assuming I'm assuming it was a sterile ashtray. I don't know. And then they were scooping it up in a syringe, and then inserting it into you know the necessary place and i said to them that's probably not the most cleanliness or sterile procedure to to do and there were other methods of <laughs> other methods of of getting pregnant so were they going to call yeah. the kid ben, were they going to call the kid benson <laughs> i'm not sure yeah <laughs> yeah and if there were anyway, the other one was edges anyway back to back to Rinker king <laughs> And on that note of spunking <laughs> an ashtray. I just, I mean, yeah. As a... Spunking ashtrays. Matt Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is now an elected official. I forgot. He's, when his music came on, I was like, oh, I remember how much I fucking hated Matt Morgan in TNA. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's just, I mean, he was a guy like... they. When, I can remember when he had the run where he was like... It was him in... That's probably the most entertaining I found him, but it was him and Hernandez were tag team champions. I mean, Hernandez got injured, and then he just defended the tag team titles on his own for a few months. That was quite entertaining, but yeah, I don't know. He's, it, I mean, for a guy that size and for he kind of had everything, didn't he? But never actually. Yeah. He had his um, he had his demons though as well uh, at one point, which I think held him back a fair bit. 
Is he uh, autistic or something like that? I, I made I might have made that up, but, but I think he's got some. Um... And back we go to Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got I got the Matt Morgan used to work with Russell Brand. <laughs> Not the rest there. Uh, Matt Morgan, yep. American politician. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. He's he's got ADD. Okay, right, yeah. I remember it because he was the blueprint, wasn't he? Because he had his DNA shot into space. <laughs> remember that? Was he, aiming, was he aiming for an ashtray? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think he had shot that into space. But he... <laughs> Just, I, can't, I can't remember where this came up, but it was, on a, it was on a podcast I was listening to. I think it was Podquisition <laughs> a few years back. And somebody actually did the maths of how far you could jizz on the moon. Okay. Yeah, real interesting list. I don't have that memorised. I just thought it was appropriate to bring up right, right. now. Right. Uh, to, to, <laughs> to Google again. <laughs> <laughs> nah, fuck that. But yeah, Matt Morgan comes out. And you're right. Matt Morgan absolutely had everything. Yeah. But as, as he walked out, I was just like, oh, well, he's nice to see he's dressed casual for this occasion. Then, oh, wait, I'm going to rip his shirt off for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, if I look like that, I'd very rarely wear a shirt. Which I'm already bad enough for, as Rob will attest, for that day that I forgot I wasn't wearing one and just rocked around his house topless for about six hours. Yeah, that was disturbing. What, you you turn up at his house with no with nothing on? Well, with no on your top half? Yeah, com- 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 completely, completely unannounced. I just rocked up shirtless and, and asked for beer. And that's how we became friends. I did know it. You did know him. You just turned the door, like Onslow in uh, Keep Up Appearances. No. No of it is. Look at the door. Who's that? Oh, it's just a bloke with no clothes. There's a bloke with no shirt on. Oh, let him in. That's See what he wants. Is. Yeah. It's just been a heavy night the night before. And I was just, Rob and Beth, Rob and Beth got up and just chatting away. And it took a few hours for hang on, I should probably put the top on. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Northerners, yeah. It was far too much man breast on show, and I think Rob nearly got snow blindness from the sun glinting off my pasty gut. Oh, <laughs> good God. Paint a picture, don't I? <laughs> this episode needs to be. It's going to have a double explicit uh, label on this episode, I think. We, so we, were suppo- we were supposed to be keeping this episode tight. I know, yeah, yeah. Right, crack on. Uh, right. So, turns out these are all, these eight guys who've been brought out are the participants in the championship tournament. Um, oh, I forgot to say, Matt Morgan's described himself as the best seven footer in wrestling, and he wants to be champion. So, there's a shock. Uh, how would you? Well, isn't it? Only people that yeah. is it's better than only people that are exactly the same height as him. Yeah, well, that's because that's because Kane was uh, six foot ten. So, but he's not better than Kane. Well, the oh. Glenn Jacobs is another piece of shit, but we'll get into that. No, um, my height is five four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jan Singh introduces Jazzy Lahori, who I couldn't find anything about, but he must have been a heel authority figure because he had a military-looking bodyguard and an obnoxious moustache. His bodyguard was Grayson Waller's current bodyguard in NXT <laughs> 2.0 Sanger. Really? Yeah. Where has he been for ten years? <laughs> following Grayson Waller around. Yeah. <laughs> He's been waiting for Rinka King season two. Yeah. Are, they, are they not split? Are they not split up? Yeah, yeah, he wasn't with him this week, so no. God only knows. 
Dan, you'll, you'll catch up on this in about a, a year's time. No, I've seen The Bodyguard. I've Not the movie. I've not seen The Bodyguard, the movie. That's another 10 years down the pipeline for me. Have I've you not seen, seen that uh, film? As soon as you turn 40, you'll be checking out to um, NXT. <laughs> yeah. You'll be like, this is my shit. This is made for me. <laughs> Um, speaking of NXT 2.0, I've, I've just as we're recording, I got a text a few minutes ago. Um, Dexter Loomis has been released. Oh, they're obviously getting rid of that whole story, though, aren't they? So yeah, wait for Dexter Loomis is fucking great. Wait for what's her name? Indy Hartwell and who's the other guy? The uh, the Australian guy who was the other um, the other the Duke other Hudson. part of that foursome. Yeah, Hudson, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I got one right. Yeah. Out of the, out of the, well, I mean, yeah, it doesn't make any sense, does it? Anyway, Jazzy Lahore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Habajan Singh introduces the uh, introduces the championship, and there's actually the absolute massive pyro. All the uh, the dancing girls who are still at ringside have all got these like Roman candles going off. There's fireworks coming off the ring post just for presenting the belt. Again, it felt like a massive deal. It looked um, amazing. It, it really. felt. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I wrote in my notes that it kind of felt a, a bit like a really low-rent Olympics opening ceremony. It felt like the Formula One to me, that level of right. sort of prestige and amount of money. You, you, when you watch the Formula One, you know it's dripping in money. Mm. And that's what this felt like. It felt like there was big money production behind it. Fair enough. Habajan's... Just still talking away. I get the feeling he may have teased wrestling in the title tournament and then just went, actually, no, you're all right. <laughs> Not really. I was only joking, lads. Don't, don't beat me up. Then they, uh, they had a really nice little sort of cinematic hype package uh, for the wrestlers at the end of the segment, which made, made them all look like absolute beasts. Because apart from, you know, Duck's the only one I'd call sort of a smaller wrestler. The rest of them are all like pretty, pretty big dudes. Next, uh, we get uh, Jeremy Borash uh, introduced as a comeback from the uh, the break. Uh, JB reiterates the tournament competitors, says Matt Morgan's odd, uh, odds on. Matt Morgan starts with a generic face thing, saying he's honoured to be in India, and uh, Sir Brutus Magnus interrupts. I'm pretty sure Nick Aldis tries to forget about this uh, this name in his uh, in his wrestling history. I think it was because he'd been on Gladiators. I think that that was kind of the time. Yeah, it was. yeah, yeah, he was Magnus. Or he was. Don't know if it was Magnus or Brutus Magnus. When he went on to to greater things in TNA, he was just Magnus, then, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's only when he left he became reverted back to his. I'm assuming that's his real name. You wouldn't pick yeah. that as a wrestler name, would you, Nick Aldis? <laughs> it's either his real name or his stage name because he's um, he's done pantos in Kings Lynn under the name Nick Aldis. Has he? Yeah, I was driving through Skipton once past the chocolate factory and I saw someone coming out of it with a Magnus t-shirt on and I've got this image of uh, like the Umpa Lumpers in Challenge Chocolate Factory but they've all got Magnus t-shirts on inside the <laughs> chocolate factory <laughs> Oh man uh, Over WrestleMania weekend I was I was drunk and I bought an NWO Wolfpack t-shirt because they were £2.50 cheaper than the regular NWO t-shirts and I'm, you know, I'm all about frugality Wore it out Last week, when I was out on the piss of Sai, and uh, just some randomer uh, got a two sweet off a, off a randomer for the Wolfpack t shirt. <laughs> Not just it was NWO specifically, he, he loved Wolfpack. <laughs> Ended up talking to him for about 10 minutes. <laughs> Bloody Northerners. What? 
We're friendly when we're pissed. Well, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Nick Aldis takes umbrage and sort of the, the face and heel lines are drawn pretty quickly um, because you've got uh, Scott Steiner and, uh, and Sanjay Duck with him and Morgan starts talking, but Steiner just sits and just shoves it. And that's when uh, Grayson Waller's bodyguard uh, decides to step in and keep him apart. And then we cut to a shot of the uh, the commentators at a desk, and that looks enough like satellite base to me, so drink. Drink. Oh, yeah. We've got the, the two announcers in the ring, and they're introducing uh, Dr. Nicholas Dinsmore versus Mahabali Vera. And again, I said it before, it was Rockstar vibes from Vera, and it was more of the same coming out. The, the crowd were really, really behind him, and, and Dinsmore just looked creepy, really, on the entrances. Yeah. He, looked, he, he looked like he had some sort of restraining order against public establishments. Like he's not allowed within 500 feet of the library because they caught him masturbating in there or something. And that wasn't even the worst thing about this. A banner goes across the screen saying that all these moves are stunts. <laughs> yeah. 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 In it's, English, yeah. I found it odd. It, yeah, it's funny, yeah. though, because the, there's so many borrowed words in Punjabi. You yeah, know, you're sort of listening to it, and all of a sudden you get these English words, you know. And I, I've been lackadaisically learning Japanese for the last three years, but and, and there are quite a few borrowed word, words in Japanese, but nowhere near the level of Punjabi. No, I don't know. Again, there probably isn't a word in Punjabi for Steiner recliner, is there? That's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was. It's not something I really took any notice of, but then I I know it's all quote unquote stunts, you know, trained professionals and all the rest of it. But yeah, if somebody tuned in for the first time, it's immediately just gone. It's, it's immediately just telegraphing everything. It's like, yeah, this is all bullshit. Yeah, don't try any of this at yeah. home, especially yeah, children. It says, isn't it? You don't it's, get that on Star Trek, do you? You know, oh, you know. Walk five, Mr. Sulu, and a banner going across the street and saying that faster than light travels impossible. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> William Shatner did not really shag any aliens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no aliens were hurt during the filming of this. <laughs> but yeah. Nick Dinsmore could only ever play a psycho or Eugene, basically, couldn't he? That was like his, he couldn't play any other kind of character, could he? I could see, I could, you could see him playing like a sort of genius sort of character, couldn't you? I suppose, but that look, that hair—I mean, he looked like a mini Bruiser Brody. He did look, yeah, definitely, yeah, like a shrunken Bruiser Brody. Remember, there was one of the SmackDown versus Raw games that had mini games on, so there was like a Texas Hold'em poker, and there was a game where you had to like try and balance Eugene on his way to the ring, and it was like doing this sort of aeroplane motion and you had to like try and keep him straight when he was I, no no I think you're, Jesus. you dreamt that oh, no, it, happened. <laughs> it definitely happened yeah but was that the same night Dan came around with no shirt on well they, they were playing Texas Hold'em that was me so trying to balance there with no shirt on playing Texas Hold'em you're like oh, this is dangerously close to uh, a more erotic strip poker that was a backstage, was a backstage segment with the APA <laughs> It was it was in the it was in the uh, the other room of the funeral parlor when he went to visit Katie Vick. Um, anyway, moving swiftly on, uh, the match itself was it was pretty short. Dinsmore got a, a little bit of offense in. There was it started off quite impressive with sort of the leverage from Dinsmore, but Vera like bridging on his neck and powering his way up. 
that'll look very impressive. It, it hid most of Vera's sort of green tendencies, I think, quite well. I was quite, I was really impressed with the sort of the slingshot um, sunset flip that he went for. I really like that. But essentially, it was just a, it was a quick three minute match, mm. short, sweet. Did what he needed to do. It got Vera over because he, uh, he, he he's sort of. It was like a weird combination of a spine buster and a sky high that they called the Vera bomb. Before that, I don't know if you noticed, Andy. There was this bit where Dinsmore had Vera in a headlock and was trying to get his back between him and the ref so that he could get a uh, illegal punch in. Yeah, and it was very like um, the Leon Harris Les yeah. Kelly match. It's the exact thinking. same spot. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, I mean, it's he, so influential that match. Yeah, but I, I would imagine probably being a. I think he's he's known as being a sort of a good trainer and probably a student of the game. But I imagine Nick Dinsmore seen that match. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if he'd actually. I guess like a lot of the AEW stuff you see at the minute with, with having like Punk and FTR seem to be just recreating spots from Bret Hart matches, don't they? Every week. So Dan, you'll you'll find out this in six weeks. But, no, I, I, I realised today. I'm only as of tonight. I'm only three weeks behind on AEW. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm doing well for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the, I, I like that it, kind it, of it, thing. It's, it's yeah. yeah. If you if you you know you if you if you kind of know your stuff or your history, it, it's nice to see the little spots recreated. Well, FTR as well. They're they're like really prominent or self confessed <laughs> Bret Hart fans. They. They had a, a match at I think it was Warrior Wrestling maybe or some one of the bigger indie federations in America where it was them versus Brock Anderson and I can't remember who else but they had Bret Hart in their corner yeah so Bret Hart was managing managing them for the night and then they faced off in the opening round of the Owen Hart tournament yeah well, so I'd, I'd almost be annoyed if they didn't drop in some homages to Bret Hart. <laughs> As we as as at the time of recording, there was um recently there's some sort of rumor that Brett has some been signed to some sort of deal with WWE, and they recently. It's, and, it's um, a merchandising deal. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. So whether it was because again because he'd been on he was on that one of those first AEW shows, wasn't he, Brett? And with uh, Jack Whitehall. With Jack, <laughs> Jack Whitehall, yeah. Fucking Jack yeah. Whitehall, frick. I never never renamed. Uh, Bret Hart fan, Jack Whitehall. <laughs> fucking asshole. Um, anyway, I'll get got Jack Whitehall's dad on. That'd have been brilliant. He's um, is he? He's, I think he's pals with Tony Khan, isn't he? Jack Whitehall, or Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it does seem strange because is Tony Khan like the director of football at Fulham? Yeah, it is. The, yeah, is the, the well, I think he's got like several. He'll be managing job. next season. Yeah. He's, he's a chairman, um, director of football, yeah, the, the whole shebang. Yeah, but, it's strange yeah. that he's, yeah, he's in charge of wrestling and in charge of Fulham's transfer policy. <laughs> don't, get, don't get Rob started. Well, it's, it's so funny because, I mean, this week in the examiner, you know, Dean Hoyles, you know, is chairman, but he's not going to appoint a chief exec and people are saying, oh, is that too many jobs for him? And Tony Khan's got like 15 jobs at Fulham and the Jacksonville Jaguars and AEW. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and the reason is Tony Khan doesn't sleep because he's on the Peruvian marching dust. Allegedly. Well, Allegedly. yeah, he's quite excited, wasn't he? Who knows? Yeah, those eyes, I've seen people with big eyes like that and yeah that's not uh that's not Nescafe 
Yeah. It's Colombian, but it's not uh, not coffee. Anyway, so it's not Anthony Head there shaking his hand you know, <laughs> yeah. on the adverts. Allegedly. Yeah, keep, keep, keeping the show tight. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think that match did what it needed to do. It, it was no great shakes, but it was fine. Yeah. Then we get sort of, this was where it got a bit weird for me. Because... This is where it got weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. To add to, add to the, the disclaimer saying these are all stunts, you then get a backstage shot of Scott Steiner telling Magnus to destroy Matt Morgan. Cuts to Magnus eating a choke slam and Dutton Steiner facing off Morgan. Mm. And Vera coming out. And we got the start of an advert. We very nearly got an advert, which... Yeah. I'm that would have be been great. That would have yeah. been great if we got an advert. If we'd got an advert, this would have, it'd have probably put the show to a 10 out of 10. But then we cut back to the show. And there's a guy in the ring called Sharer who introduces himself and then introduces American Adonis. And we get the man who's who's just been fucking everywhere, and and I can't think of a single person who actually wants him. He, essentially, oh, the rest Flutter, of the crew, he sleeps on it, Steve Flutter's couch when he works for PCW. Essentially, the essentially the uh, the wrestling equivalent of COVID. <laughs> oh. That's really that's oh, really harsh. Oh, come on! That's really harsh. I quite um, like I liked um I liked his initial run in WWE. It's it's Chris Masters, Chris Adonis, American Adonis, Chris. I'm sure he's had about. I'm sure he's got enough names to almost rival Johnny Nitro Mundo Morrison. Impact. He's better than Sean Spears. You've got to give him that. I'm better than Sean Spears. <laughs> the chairman. <laughs> if there's any wrestler, he's got the most like convoluted. He just like the sort of like it's like almost like uh, flash dance style. Entrance in AEW, didn't they? When he does the whole thing, he's in the shadows, and he's sort of doing a little pose with the chair and that. And it's like I couldn't tell you; fucking, I can't remember a thing about him. It's fucking Sean Spears. Like it's like the silence on Doctor Who. You see him, and then you forget him. You have to yeah. like put a uh, like a mark on yourself for seeing him. But yeah, uh, Chris Masters, he just feels like everywhere he's gone, he's just done the same thing over and over again. It's like, you know, when you go and see an old band and they're just playing the greatest hits and they've got no new songs or whatever, but he only had one thing. I mean, I suppose to be fair, like, he was... He got... I mean, I wouldn't say he got over particularly, but that first gimmick which he was on TV with was a fairly kind of strong gimmick. Like, he had a move, which was his move, which was kind of named after him. I mean... <laughs> the move was actually really named after him, but he had his move, and that was kind of his whole. His name was, was full. His name was Nelson Full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was his whole gimmick. So that was kind of. And once that goes, once somebody broke out of the master lock, well, it was Lashley, wasn't it? But yeah, but that was it. That's the end of his character, basically, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's here. He's doing his Adonis Lock Challenge, and he's so so certain of success that he's going to put up one lakh of rupees to anyone who wants to take the challenge. And I actually, I actually googled it to see what that equated to. One lakh is a hundred thousand rupees, which equates to about uh, exactly one thousand and forty-seven pound and forty-five p on the current exchange rate. Mm-hmm. Um, which, but, but later on, he says you can win one of whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we were just going for the like the arrogant American shit heel. Just and American. The briefcase yeah. he had was oh, tiny. Yeah. It's the world's yeah. smallest briefcase. <laughs> I thought he brought some pictures to show everybody. 
<laughs> they gave me crayons in the back. <laughs> no, I thought that when the, obviously they get the guy out of the crowd. I mean, yeah, what I'm, yeah. I'm skipping ahead, but oh, no, that's, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much happens. They get they get Zed for out, who's uh, who's from Pune, so he's a hometown boy. He sits him down for the challenge. He takes forever to put on the hold, and then promptly murders him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we get the stunt warning while he's murdering him. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I I was expecting somebody to come out and make the save, but no. Well, Zed just, didn't have any fa- any uh, friends, did he? He just he just kills he just kills him basically. <laughs> the other the twenty five letters of the alphabet didn't want to come to the rescue. <laughs> yeah, they're literally a local talent. <laughs> didn't he? He saved someone's life, Chris Masters, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, quite recently, I think, as well. Yeah, so which I'd which think... makes me feel all the more guilty for shitting on him. Yeah. So again, I'm reading from his Wikipedia page. A tweet posted to his Twitter profile in 2013 stated that Mordetsky slash Chris Masters saved his mother's life from a criminal who had committed an arson at her home. It was reported that he pulled a 10-foot tree from the ground with his bare hands and used it to open a path to his mother's windows free and her. So, so he pulled a tree out of the ground. So this is the second podcast that we reviewed where someone saved someone's life because we did Big yeah. Daddy on uh, This Is Your Life and they had that woman that he'd rescued in Blackpool <laughs> on the did, show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if Chris Masters ever does This Is Your Life. I can't wait I to mean, see him rock up in NWA next as the lifesaver, Chris Adonis. I'm sure, I'm not sure if his mum's still alive or not. I don't know, but... I can't wait till Mick McManus comes out and tells an anecdote about it. <laughs> yeah. And what was it? And Anita Harris. Anita Harris, <laughs> yeah, no, in, in a really big loud ice rink. Yeah. They, need to give, they need to give him a lifeguard gimmick and call him Chris Baywatch. Oh, I want to review Baywatch so badly, Dan. And did you want to watch an episode of Baywatch on a future episode? Not for any wrestling related. Yeah. Yeah, not the one with um, WCW people on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm right up for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tip Steve out of retirement for that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I've obviously, I've never watched those episodes. So uh, we'll need to get your medical opinion on uh, the B storyline on that because oh, really? it is. Oh, yes. I think we should get Chris Bellis on as well for that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever actually watched an episode of... Because it was on it, like, Saturday afternoons, wasn't it? But it was, like, Saturday tea time. I don't think I've ever really watched So I watched the film oh. with The Rock in recently. Great. <laughs> if there was a, a wrestling-related title, Knight Rider, I've seen most of those episodes, but... Not um, Baywatch. Just uh, just have a word with Cy Powell. He'll start a Night Rider podcast with you. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyways, that's the that's the Adonis Lock challenge. So we get an interview with Vera, assuming it's congratulating him on the victory. Harbajan Singh comes in, uh, shakes Vera's hand. Then Matt Morgan's in saying about oh competition, he's in the right place, yada yada. And then the uh, the interviewer, I think, was saying something like basically applauding the sportsmanship. Uh, which was all very nice and civil. Because I thought at that point it was nailed on that someone was going to jump somebody. Yeah. So he, he was, again, Vera was being portrayed as being uh, like the big star, like the big homegrown star, wasn't yeah. he? Well, they called, he had, they, called him, they called him Indian Superman at one point. Yeah. And he had a, didn't he? He had a fairly 
a brief push in sort of main TNA, didn't he, for a while? He's had a couple of pushes. Um, yeah. Around about 2014, I think they started dabbling with him, 15, 16. Uh, sort of went to, you know, went went a little bit higher than that. <laughs> and then randomly ended up in a, in a tag team with Grado. Yeah. He was stood at the back in James Storm's faction, wasn't he? Yeah. James Storm's little cult. Which, which one? Oh, yeah. The one where he murdered Mickey James. At Temple Mead's train station. Then. <laughs> it was it was with great. one, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't that one? The, the like, pledge. He renamed, renamed, renamed Suicide Manic and. Yeah. Yeah. And all the rest of it, God. No, Hogan remained Suicide Manic. Really? I'll just give him yeah. a different uh, James Song just give him a different mask. Yeah. Anyway. Keeping anyway. the tight. Um, yeah. Bruce Magnus and Matt Morgan know uh, the entrance is up next. Uh, Magnus comes out and he's got his typical cocky shithead entrance. And then they start showing clips of the match mm. that's about to happen during the entrances as they go to a break. Yeah. Yeah, it, it felt so, like one of those American programs where they kind of spoil what's coming up next. Yeah, it's like, here's what you're going to see, so you don't have to think. Why are you doing that? Yeah, I'm not sure if that's yeah. I mean, because what they showed wasn't that exciting, was it? <laughs> not really, no, no. No, so, still, it's because who was involved? It's like we said at the start of the show. It was obviously. TNA and um, Endemol as well, uh, wasn't it? Endemol, yeah, Endemol like, uh, yeah. who produced like Big Brother, didn't they? And quite a few other reality TV shows, Endemol. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's that, where I've, I've, you've, you've just reminded me that's where I know the name from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're, I mean, they're massive. They were a massive, again, I think it was mostly reality based stuff, Endemol. Um, makes sense, I suppose, then, if they were. Yeah. But it's still not great from from a wrestling standpoint. It's confusing as well. Yeah. Obviously, a it's confusing because it's in a different language. Yeah, because we don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, we don't. We don't <laughs> know what's going on. So when you start seeing clips, you think, "Is this next week?" But no, it's actually the people that are involved in a match tonight. Yeah. So but yeah. The, so we got one entrance, the clips of what's coming up next, and then mm. the commentators are back. So drink. Yeah. And then we get previews of what's actually happening next week, which is Steiner mm. versus Max B and Chavo versus Sonja. But I'm pretty sure the show Max B is either now or at the end of the show where they show the finish to the uh, to the match. I think it might be the end of the show. Yeah, it's the end yeah, of the show. Yeah. yeah. That's when you get the big Steiner recliner uh, moment. Yeah, and, and stuff. Yeah. this stuff is my main annoyance on the show because I'm going to lay my cards on the table early before we get to the main event. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. But, but for this one thing. Yeah, um, it, it took it away from me as well. That yeah. and the banner across the screen every time saying, this isn't real. <laughs> this is not real. <laughs> Whatever you think, this isn't wow, happening right now. Wow, fake, fake. Wow. <laughs> I mean, do they, they do that on Guardians of the Galaxy? I don't think Dave Batista ever said it was... Uh, ever said what he was doing was shit or fake in, uh, in Guardians, no. You know, no, I'm just sort of wondering everything in India, they're watching a soap, you know, they're watching Emmerdale or something, and fake, fake, he's not really a farmer, fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Anyway, after all that bullshit, uh, Matt, comes, Matt Morgan comes out and he's all big and handsome and shit and he gets pyro. Sorry, mm. Matt, Morgan, Matt Morgan falls into the Kevin Nash category of, uh, of annoyingly handsome for me. I don't know. Maybe, well, when, I, just, maybe I just want to be him. Yeah, well, again, when I we go back in, uh, I talk about that, that TNA paper recovery 2007. That was when he was in his Kenny Rogers phase where he just stopped dyeing his hair and let it kind of grow out. And it was, yeah, he looks 20 years older than he looks today. Back in 2007, you look like an old man. But no, I mean, he's a, <laughs> a, a magnificent specimen now, isn't he, Kevin Nash? Uh, he, he knows when yeah. to hold him and he knows when to fold him. He does, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was he wasn't the gambler, was he? He was somebody else. <laughs> no, that that's Kenny all the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's this match is is decent enough. It's it's a weird one because it's calling it sort of paid by numbers will do it a little bit of a disservice because it. it like much like the open match, it did what it needed to do, but these two were obviously, you know, a level of, a level or two above uh, Vera. It yeah. Was, it was just sort of very classic heel tactics from uh, from Magnus, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, all the, all the begging off, even even does the flare, you know, on both knees, say no, 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 back away and, and all that. No sort of really notable spots, but just sort of an in, just an enjoyable. An enjoyable piece of sports entertainment. Because <laughs> yeah. it was, yeah, it's it's not the best match you'll ever see, but you'd never describe it as a bad match. Slightly above average, I think, uh, is what I put in my notes. Yeah, I mean, I don't really remember. The, I remember Rinka King. I didn't really remember this episode as such, but I remember like the stuff that went on after this and like how it ends as well. But I mean, there are more a lot more interesting characters sort of turn up in the next, you know, 26 weeks. But this is kind of the initial kind of introduction to the mm. show and the, the format and the, you know, the, the commissioner and kind of setting out again. It's very clear. You've got one set of people stood one side of the ring, one set of people stood the other side of the ring. So you've got the clear heel and face sort of dynamic. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, I tell a lie about the notable spots. One thing I did like was Matt Morgan just lifting the referee out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the Barbarian against Hank Abbott. That's why I liked it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Matt Morgan wins with the carbon footprint, but then Sanjay Dutt runs in and Scott Steiner runs in. And this is the third time we've seen it. um, Back up. um, (laughs) Yeah. We'd seen this before in the, uh, the clips that they'd shown previously. So. (laughs) <laughs> Literally, the end of the show was spoiled. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go and spoil what's happening next week. Yeah. Yeah. We get the video package. We see Scott Steiner hitting the belly, belly to belly in the Steiner recliner of Max B. And we see some bits of the, the Duck Guerrero match. And yeah, it's, it's annoying that some of the most, mo- two of the most notable things on, or three of them on, on this show are. The the stunt warning, spoiling the show while it's still happening, and then spoiling next week's finish. I just don't get it. It just seems really weird decisions from a wrestling point of view. But 
would it make sense from a TV point of view? I've never worked in TV, so I don't know. I can't think of any other medium where you'd give away the end of an episode or something. You know, it's not like, say, Game of Thrones. I know a lot of people hated the ending, but you're not going to give away how Arya takes out the Night King or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if this was being shown... Okay, I don't think this was actually shown in the, the US or the UK. I think you could get it. Like, again, you get it on the dark web, that kind of thing. But <laughs> it's if, not that bad. Um, but if this is being shown to, to a population which probably isn't used to watching wrestling in a sort of traditional TV format or, you know, so they might not be used to how, again, like how wrestling is traditionally kind of presented. Because, yeah, from, from watching it from someone that, you know, that watches wrestling a lot, you can see basically Scott Steiner's got that guy in the finishing move and he looks dead. <laughs> so yeah. that kind of <laughs> spoils that match for next week anyway. Yeah, a little bit. There was only one advert on the show and that was for Tata Prime. Yeah. And, yeah, so if I'm ever in the ma- the market to buy a £200,000 lorry, uh, I know the name of one now. But, yeah. you know, I'd buy a Volvo because I want to drive something sexy. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, over like again, going back to when I was traveling around in India, it's, it's a massive, it's a massive company, Tata, and they're everywhere doing uh, industrial vehicles and tractors and all that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, superb. Uh, so, in terms of shout outs for the show that we've had, Andy from Bam Bam Podcast, who's yeah. like, never heard of him. No, 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 no. Uh, this must be funny this but yeah go on yeah well he said it was a lovely episode of utt podcast over on the other channel the monday morning was with uh, mark um from the project football podcast uh, discussing the first episode of thunder but yeah i think you were angling to get on project football oh yeah we've been i've been in touch and uh I, I, it's going to be a bit of a wait so he's got to wait in this but i'm going to need at least a good six months to think of my answers to the uh to all his or to his for for you and those sort of things and uh but i listened to your episode actually recently a few snide yeah. comments about uh bristol city on there wow. <laughs> as always <laughs> you're lucky you're lucky i wasn't on a leads run you know i'd have been going all night to be honest you know so yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's lucky i was uh caught you know it's one of the clubs that town players go to die along with jillian isn't it but they made me laugh because um, again that episode you were on was what probably about 18 months ago, um, yeah. town where down at the bottom end of the division and fighting against relegation and then turn the tables now. And you're, I mean, as we speak, it, you may be at Wembley celebrating at this point. It's never a dull moment at town. We're always either, you know, yeah. fighting for relegation or up for promotion. We, we, you know, we'd love to finish 12 one season, but it just doesn't happen for us. It must be boring supporting a team that wins all the time. It's not that we win all the time. We either lose all the time or win all the time. There's no yeah, in between. There's, was, there's no. There's no middle ground. There's no. Was, there's no Bristol to... City type seasons for us. <laughs> I was talking to Dan, to be honest, but yeah. It's not got boring yet, no. No. Yeah, glory hunting bastard. Yeah. Right, um... <laughs> 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 look on his face. Hey, we beat the last time we played Liverpool. We beat them. So. Sort of yeah, well, we, we beat Man U, and to yeah. my mind, that's the same thing. Yeah, last time we played Man U, we beat them as well. So, look, oh, yeah. good for you. Everybody's done that this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, c- could you do it on a cold Wednesday, Tuesday night in Stoke? That's the thing. 
Yeah. Um, oh, we beat Stoke. So, we did double over Stoke this year as well. So. <laughs> anyway, in terms of shout-outs that we yeah. had for the show, other shout-outs that aren't just you, Andy. Um, mm-hmm. Graham from Good Bad Wrestle said that there was crappy weather at the moment, so he's just going to have to listen to UTT before lacrosse practice. Oh, what a shame. Good I, I quite like to play lacrosse. But they're, where, where's they? Are they in America? It's, it might be a bit of a trek for you, yeah. Also, yeah. also Graham doesn't play lacrosse. His, his son has practice. Okay, so right. You say effectively, what you said there was you want to go, you want to fly across the Atlantic to chase loads of kids around, load of kids around with a net on a stick. No, what then they chase me around. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. Mark from the Project Football Podcast at uh, WBA underscore 82. So he really enjoyed recording the episode with us and had a laugh. So um, we really enjoyed having you on the show, Mark. And next time we'll have you on for something good. Yeah. Uh, Steve at Total Steve said that we're on top form with our review of the first episode of SmackDown. So thank you very much for that, Steve O. Hi, cheers. And then thank you for being on. Yeah, and Steve-O's been absolutely killing it with his uh, daily podcasts about his uh, life on the online day in uh, Sane. I, I can't wait to listen to him when I when I actually get some time. <laughs> All my yeah, podcast well, time used to be when I was working, but now it's uh, now I actually have to uh, to pay attention. Talking about Steve-O, the Elite FPL podcast on Twitter um, tweeted out about Steve-O appearing on the podcast with Scottish Danny. And so it's going to promote it as an excellent episode. So thank you for that. Yeah, greatly appreciated. And anybody playing fantasy football, get watching uh, get watching Elite FPL. Some great hints and tips, and none of them come from Steve. So yeah, we were gonna we were gonna go to our, to the to the awards section, but Andy forgot about it because you know, obviously. That's well, fine, I can come up with it. I can uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Andy Andy's working on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first award is for match of the night. Andy, uh, out of the plethora of matches that we had. On the show, what was your match of the night? Well, I'm going to go for uh, Dr. Nicholas Dinsmore against Mahabali. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Mahabali Vera. Fair enough. Uh, Any reason? Or is it just the one that we remembered first? I prefer that more than the other match, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) That's about about as valid a reason as you can get. Yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. It was short and sweet. Did the job. Got Vera over... Yeah, understandable. Uh, Rob? I'm going for Magnus versus Morgan because it was slightly longer. <laughs> brevity was not, it was, uh, brevity wasn't winning you over then. On this occasion, it wasn't a Tank Abbott one punch match, so, no. No, well, if, if Tank Abbott had appeared on the show and knocked somebody out, it'd have, it'd have immediately been a 12 out of 10. Yeah. 13 if it had been. Facts. 13 if it had been in the Tokyo Dome. Um, I'm going to go with Magnus and Morgan as well. It was, uh, like I said, it was, it was sort of classic heel behaviour. It was, it would have been Andy. You were saying before about if it, you know if this was somebody's first introduction to to wrestling, it was very it very much showed. Here's the heel. Here's the face. Here's roughly what you know how they act and 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 what they do, and it was sort of easily digestible without being crap. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I, I can see why they put the the. I suppose the, I mean, who are the the big stars in this promotion? I suppose are Steiner and Matt Morgan. I suppose, otherwise, if you were going for the, you know, you would if you wanted to 
put Vera in the main event, you could have had him go over Magnus, I suppose. But at this point, Dinsmore is probably more of an experienced hand. You could get a better match out of Vera than Nick Londis. Nick Londis. Londis. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could uh, could get out of him. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a big fan, to be honest. But yeah. Ah, it takes all sorts, doesn't it? Uh, so the next award is MVP of the night. Who's your MVP, Andy? I'm going to go for Harbhajan Singh, obviously. I was close <laughs> to doing that myself. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't done that, Dan, because I'm going for Harbhajan Singh as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fine then. I'm going Harbhajan Singh. Wings wave. I mean, if... The, the most if, obvious star power. Yeah, if there was a... Um... An Indian WrestleMania, you could see him doing a like a Pat McAfee kind of uh, thing and uh, and Harbhajan Singh putting on a good match. Yeah, I could see that. Harbhajan was obviously still in the uh, still in tip top shape at that one. I think he was still playing. He must have still been playing. Oh, he was there. Yeah, he yeah. was still playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was well yeah. still playing. One year. Yeah. Fair enough. So next award is moment of the night. Uh, Andy, what's your moment of the night and why is it Harbhajan Singh's entrance? <sighs> no, um, I quite actually. I quite like Jazzy Lahora coming out and his military man with his big like cane he had as well, didn't he? Deadly Dander. Yeah. I like I quite like what Jazzy Lahora was wearing as well. I quite like to wear that kind of uh, gear. Oh, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously Deadly Dander being a pile of Grace and Wallers. And you have the same haircut. <laughs> as as <laughs> Jazzy Lahora. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Sanjay Dutt. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Rob, who's... Uh, uh, sorry, what was your moment of the night? Well, it is Harbhajan Singh coming out. It's like, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. they've got a megastar on the show. Yeah, absolutely, I can understand that. Um, and legitimately, my moment of the night was Harbhajan Singh's entrance. But <laughs> because I've yeah. already given Harbhajan the MB- MVP of the night, I'm going to give it to the presentation of the title belt because that felt enormous with all the pyro going off. Yeah. I was going to give it to uh, to Mika Singh's opening, but he's a he's a dirty bastard, so no. Yeah. So the, I, there were some signs, but I couldn't make out what any of them said because the resolution on the on the uh, on the recording I watched was so bad. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw any signs. Oh, a lot of them were in um, Punjabi, so I was going to try and translate though. Yeah, I've got Google for that. But... And to be fair, the the the, the version we watched on Daily Motion, I'm not sure if it's the same for you guys, but. The last sort of half an hour, the sound was probably ten seconds behind the action on the on the yeah. TV. So you kind yeah. of, and then the sound was ahead, I think. So you could already hear somebody hitting the mat before they actually took the move. So that was uh, that was quite good. But as yeah, on Daily Motion, was... if you are on Daily Motion, they've got every episode of Prisoner of Black H in <laughs> high quality on Daily Motion. So. Coming coming soon to Radio Tech as a Saipal production. Oh, anyway, I, I'd, again, <laughs> I'd bin this off if anyone was up for uh, doing a Prison Sandbox Age podcast. But, I mean, you struggle to find things more niche than wrestling. I mean, Sandbox H possibly could be more niche than wrestling. <laughs> Maybe. What, what about an episode of Prisoner of Sandbox H that has a wrestler on it? I mean... Because we do that. I'll have a look to see. An episode of Prisoner of Cell Block H where they're watching wrestling or any or even stars anybody who's watched any, wrestling ever. Any brief, <laughs> uh, any, yeah, any minor reference to wrestling, I'll have a look so I can find. <laughs> where do you sit on the whole Prisoner of Cell Block H versus the Prisoner debate? Well, how do you mean? 
Well, because I don't know, there often seems to be a debate between people who say they're watching The Prisoner and people say you're watching Prison Cell Block H and they're like, oh, God, no, I'm watching the Patrick McGowan 1960s. Well, I think because when... <laughs> keep this, keep it tight, this show, this episode. So when uh, when Prisoner Cell Block H first came onto ICV, it was called Prisoner Cell Block H. Then as time went on, I think it was just called Prisoner. So there, I think the confusion game before Prisoner, and obviously the, that Prisoner with I've never seen any episodes of the original of that Prisoner with uh, I've seen lots of the shonky Australian female prison Prisoner. But yeah, I mean, if I had to pick between the two, then yeah, you know which one I'm picking. So, but I thought you were going to say what what is your verdict between Prisoner and Wentworth, which is the remake of Prisoner Cell Block H, which I think I think Mags has seen that. I've not watched any episodes of that, but. I know. Yeah. I've, 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 I've completely <laughs> forgotten what we're supposed to be doing. Um, so anyway, on, on to the uh, the most important award of the night, the Rene Goulet Award for Outstanding Haircut of the Night. Uh, Andy, who gets your Rene Goulet? Well, I'm, I'm going to go back to Nick Dinsmore, I think. For the, yeah, for the uh, the, bru- the bruiser Brody Wild. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can get that. Uh, Rob, who gets your Rene Goulet? Uh, controversially, it's Jazzy Lahoria because he's yes got a bald head, but he's got a porno tash. <laughs> it is a very strong tash. I've given my Renee Goulet to Kubra Saeed because she had a fantastic head of hair, and no, no literally apart, I, I didn't even think of Dinsmore because as soon as his match was over, I forgot he was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Kubra Saeed for me. So, with the awards out of the way, Andy, what would you rate this show out of 10? Well, I'd give it, um, I mean, if you take away the novelty factor of it being in India and it being the first show of, of a series, there's two matches and a Chris Masters kind of <laughs> segment. <laughs> so, I'll give it an eight, I think. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I mean, I, I did enjoy it, but I enjoyed the whole this whole run of, again, I watched it on the internet, probably on dodgy streams on, on again, on, on the dark web at the time. And uh, You keep referencing the dark web. I'm getting worried <laughs> yeah, about, yeah, about yeah, having you on the yeah. podcast, to be honest. But I used to, I used to, again, I, I, I enjoyed it. Ricky King watched every episode as it came out when it actually happened. But this, as a kind of introduction, it's probably a, a six or a seven. It's, it's it, it kind of kept you interested, but... Again, I know what's coming up, which is a lot more entertaining than this. So, um, yeah, I give it probably a, a seven. Yeah, fair enough. I can see where you're coming from there. Uh, Rob, what would you rate out of 10? I'm going to give it a 6.5. I really enjoyed it, but it kind of killed me in a couple of places. You know, the constant banners about this isn't real, it's really fake, don't, don't watch it. And the you know, spoiling of what's happening later on in the show, spoiling of what's happening next week. And Chris Masters wheeling out the gimmick that he's had everywhere else he's ever been. I was a bit tired, but really impressed with the level of production on the show. Uh, a really mm. solid show. You know, I, I was happy enough watching it when it first came out, happy enough watching it on the re- uh, the uh, for this review. Um, just, just a couple of things that detracted from it that, that stops it getting a higher rating for me. Yeah, I can understand that. I was along similar lines. I was maybe a tad more generous because I... Uh, I- Watched it while I was heavily sleep deprived. <laughs> so 
that may have played a part. Uh, but I, I, overall, I, I really enjoyed this show, and I was sort of ragging on Chris Master, uh, Chris, uh, no, American Adonis, a little bit. But even, even even without the benefit of being able to understand everything that's being said, the odd bits of English in the context sort of kept it moving, and what, and what you're being shown on screen, it was sort of the most of it was the basics done well. It it was made to feel like a huge deal. The set was good. It was, you know, it was bright, colourful, eye catching. They had they had the celebrities there with with Mika Singh, dirty bastard that he is, with the uh, with Harbhajan, with uh, with Kubra Said, you know, and they brought over sort of fairly recognisable Western wrestling names for people who were in the know. So I can't really follow the the crowd were were hot as fuck all night. Even though at certain points I did suspect there was a uh, a degree of post production uh, piping in going on. <laughs> when the, when they actually used the pyro, it was you know it was used sparingly but used well. Even though we said you know sort of had a little joke at the the TNA camera angle, that's fine by me because at, at that time that sort of camera angle and the zooming out and the, the sort of twisting thing was part of what set it apart. You weren't seeing that, or at least I wasn't in terms of the rest of the hours watching. I wasn't seeing that anywhere else. And just the premise of the show, they've laid out a tournament to crown a champion. That's a decent way to get a good few weeks of TV for a fledgling promotion. So it might not have been, in terms of what the content they were putting out, it wasn't anything groundbreaking, but it was trying to break into a new market with Western, you know, with some Western names trying to build up a guy like Mahabali Vera. So there, there was a lot to like on the show. It's just like you say, the, the whole, this is, you know, these are stunts, spoiling the finishes, giving, showing what was coming up before it even happened, just sort of knocked it, knocked it down a fair few notches. So I was, I was a seven, seven out of 10. Yeah. It was a, a enjoyable, but definite room for improvement and yeah. definitely a lot better than some of the crap we've watched on this show. Mm-hmm. So would it surprise you that the community vote on cage match give this show an average rating of 3.25 out of 10? Morons. <laughs> Fickle. Well, I mean, I can see if you watch it in isolation, you probably think, well, the first 25 minutes is just people being introduced into the ring. Well, that was then, the best bit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was the best bit. And then you get a... Nick Dinsmore three minute match and then uh, Magnus versus Matt Morgan match. So again, if you look at it from that point of view, then yeah. But I mean, I enjoyed this a lot more than a lot of the TNA I saw at this point. So yeah, and, and some of the stuff that that we've made you watch. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Would you rather like, watch think... this? Uh, would you rather watch this or Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling? Well, yeah, but I think you'd give me and Rob probably. I'm slightly kind of biased because it does get. Again, the next few weeks are really entertaining. So you kind of, you've got that kind of, yeah. If you didn't know what was coming next, you think, well, actually, look at the people this introduced. Well, there's not many, not many kind of big stars there are there. So, but, but yeah, I mean, fuck age but, match. Like, yeah, fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Put, put as much stuff by, by cage matches ratings as I do Meltzer's. Have you got the Meltzer ratings for this, uh, this show? Um, I actually, do, on cage. Do, actually, I do have Meltzer's ratings. Do you? Yeah, because I knew you'd ask. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I went to uh, Google Meltzer's ratings, and um, uh, it turns out he rated it. Oh, I don't give a fuck. Um, I yeah. didn't <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to see what he song. gives Nick Densmore versus Maha Valivera. Yeah. Ten but, stars in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. Ten stars in the Pune Dome. Yeah. <laughs> Careful how you say that. But listen, I again, I haven't really spoken about it much, but I went to India in 2011. So my wife, when she qualified as a physio, first thing she did, I mean, the first thing she was going to do was move back to Bristol to live with me. But she decided not to do that. She decided to go to India for four months to do voluntary work for a, a charity in Manchester. And she traveled around India working with kids with cerebral palsy and learning disabilities, that kind of thing, up in the mountains, up in Rajasthan, where it is like really quite cold. Mm. Then we decided to move in together. And in 2011, she said, oh, do you, you know, should we go to India on holiday? It just turned out it was a cricket World Cup in India at that point. So I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we could go. We could go like in April when the Cricket World Cup's on. So we uh, flew into Chennai, which is the old uh, Madras. And we watched two England games in Chennai in the World Cup. We won both of them. And they were both really squeaky bum kind of and we beat South Africa the West Indies both went down to like the last over kind of thing they were both really great matches and we won and we travelled around in between around India and it was amazing but my main memory was that we got into India flew into Delhi and then went down to Chennai and all our luggage got left in Delhi so we got to Chennai with nothing at all and I had to go so we got to the place where we were staying and I said to the guy Listen, I've got no clothes. I need to go to like a, basically just to a, a clothes shop to get some stuff. So he got a taxi and took me to like the probably the busiest department store in uh, Chennai on a Saturday afternoon. There's probably about a thousand people in this place. I got ushered around and I was like, yeah, just give me the cheapest clothes you can possibly find. I ended up getting some like uh, cotton shirts and sort of uh, linen trousers and stuff. And I was like, just like I just want some pants, basically, and some shorts and a, and a t-shirt, and uh, it, it was completely insane. But that is India. India is nuts. But the ground uh, in Chennai, there's a river next to the ground in Chennai, which people empty their waste uh, products into on a regular basis, and it does smell quite badly when it's hot. So, so that ends. I uh, wish you were here with Judith Chalmers <laughs> for, uh, for India. But no, I went to, so we went to a, a place called uh, Cochin, which is an island, which is just off yeah. of Kerala, which is like, and that is lovely. You, is that the one where you can do like the uh, the backwaters, like houseboat mm. cruising stuff? Yeah, yeah, really, really yeah, nice. Yeah, looks, looks amazing out there. Completely, really chilled out again, because in mainland India is insane. Like, so Chennai is quite near to the coast uh but it's like a it's like having sort of london but with a beach in it as well so you that, go makes, to the, that makes that makes london sound worse yeah 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 <laughs> so you go to the beach at tea time and there's people there walking their cows and horses and stuff along the beach and um yeah <laughs> but yeah it's nuts but i would yeah definitely recommend india so, I'll try and get there on my next uh, on my next yeah. familiarisation trip from work. Mm. <laughs> I'm doing another freebie. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? I can't remember now. Where can people find Andy? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you can you can find Andy on Bristol, podcasts yeah. that have people uh, pissing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so you can find me at Barry Brown Podcast. I mean, when you're listening to this today, I'd imagine if you haven't switched off by now, you probably go and switch off and listen to whatever we got out today. Uh, this is like actually the chances are you're probably one of these two guys on the podcast today when this comes out. So yeah, but we're at Bang Bang Podcast on Twitter. I mean, if you listen to this and um, yeah, you know where to find us. Yeah. So thank you very much for having me on again, guys, for a brief podcast it. which has gone on for for two hours. Two hours <laughs> for two matches. Yeah. <laughs> we kept it really tight though, that's the important <laughs> Yeah, thing. we did, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we had a we had a lot of Harbour Jan Singh talk to mm. do. That's that's the main thing. Rob, where can people find you? You can find me at UTT Rob. It's really more about the mutuals than it is about the followers. So I'm absolutely more than happy to follow back on the same feed that you listen to this. You can hear the One Man's Meat podcast with the real Chris Bellis and at Scottish Juggalo Danny. They're absolutely knocking it out of the park with the storylines you might have forgotten, the less appreciated wrestlers, that kind of thing. Well worth checking out. You can also listen to the Unbooking the Tankatory podcast, which is our bonus series where we follow the ups and downs of the in-ring career of one David Tank Abbott, who is legitimately the hardest man that ever lived. If you follow the show at UTT Tank, you can get some hashtag tank facts, which include standards insurance policies exclude acts of Tank Abbott. <laughs> I love that one. Tank Abbott can't tell jokes. No one can survive the punchline. I like that one better because I wrote that one. Yeah, you came up with that one. And an independent study has confirmed that much of the staunch anti-Tank Abbott's online community weren't real individuals. It was a staff of thousands of accounts and an (laughs) army of bots signal boosting them. Look closely. They now all have black eyes, even the bots. (laughs) (laughs) And we couldn't possibly possibly say what that was referencing, could we? (laughs) Not because we've already defamed the uh, the person in question enough. Potentially, allegedly, we haven't. I would think that Tony Khan probably copied that Tang Abbott tweet rather than the other way around. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's clearly what happened. You can find me on Twitter at DanGriffin21, uh, usually tweeting about wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date or movies that are 25 years out of date. Uh, you can also hear me on the Doctor Who pod with Cy Powell. By the time this comes out with the finished season one, uh, where we've on uh, one episode of Classic Who, one episode of New Who, uh, seeing what lands for uh, me as the Classic Who fan and what lands for Cy uh, as the... No, wait, did I get that the wrong way around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Uh, what hey, are you a Classic Who fan, Dan? Uh, I am becoming one. <laughs> the Classic uh, Who fan you are, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, well, I'm becoming one. Uh, to see what... Fuck it. I, it we, we watch Doctor Who. I like New Who. He likes Old Who. And we see if either of us likes the other one. Uh, that'll do. Fuck it. I'm done with Andrew. I'm done with outros now. <laughs> so, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, join us next week where we don't actually know where we're going, but we will be putting something out. Thank you for listening. All right, that's brilliant. Finally, Asia ke kisi wrestler ne pehli baar Scott Steiner ko kaun kiya hai. Aur ye dekh sakte hain hum Max B ki chhati par is ladai ke tab hai. Rick Liner, 
गिरारों ने इस समय पर मुश्किल में